I'm Elisa Lasky, a senior video director here at Kramer. And I'm Trip Underwood, a creative director at Kramer. And at Kramer, we work with so many incredibly fascinating people from all over multiple industries. We have so many great conversations, many that are just too good to keep to ourselves. So now we're sharing them with the world. Right here from Kramer Studios. This is Pivot Points. Cut. Welcome to another episode of Pivot Points. Elise, we're going to do something that's very near and dear to my heart today. And uh, mine. And yours, yes. <laughs> and actually, that's part of the conversation, is breaking down those silos. Um, marketing communication in our world, traditionally, um, you know, there's, there's two main players when it comes to content creations. You have strategists and you have writers, designers, video directors, the kind of more creative team. Um, the strategist will tell you how and why something should be done and then hand it over to another team that then goes and executes it in kind of imaginative ways. Uh, but strategy in a lot of different places kind of out on an island all by itself, which is doesn't really... Or it can seem to be that or way. Or can seem to be that way, which doesn't really jibe with, with my thing of thinking because it should be such a cohesive process that involves everybody in the spectrum, which is a point of view that I learned very much from today's guest, Angel Meccarelli, our the SVP expert. of strategy and content. So, Angel, welcome to Pivot Points. Thank you. Um, and let's, let's talk about that. Creative and strategy, traditionally often treated as two different animals, when in reality, we tend to think of them as two sides of the same coin. So, why do you think there is that separation, and, and how does that jive with your thinking? Um, well, you know what, let's, let's step back and, and talk about what we're talking about when, when we say strategy and, and content. Um, it's really in any campaign or any um, event experience, there are kind of three phases. Yep. There's, um, there's the why, you know, why are we here? Why are we doing this? Why does the audience care? Why is our competition ahead of us? All this goes into figuring out your purpose. Then it goes into what are we going to tell the world? You know, so then it becomes messaging. And then how are we going to do it? Yeah. How are we going to engineer it? How are we going to bring it to life visually? So it's, it's this continuum. And when it feels separate, when the, that first phase feels separate, it impacts the work down, mm -hmm. down the line. Yeah, there's ripples. And it right. makes it seem exactly. not as important. Or, oh, yeah, that's where we started, but that's not where we ended. Absolutely, 100%. So at, at Kramer, we've um, evolved uh, to the point where strategy and content sit on the same team. Now, that doesn't mean we don't have people who, whose expertise is in channel strategy and others it's content strategy or it's just pure writing mm -hmm. um, but we are signaling to our clients and to the entire team that strategy is here to make the creative effective and make their creative better make yeah better. I, I love yeah. what you're saying about making the creative effective because I, for a long time, have definitely always believed in strategy as being the informer sure. of the creative we do, especially when it, it's in terms of a campaign right. or marketing. And I, I find it such a good challenge as a creative director when there's a strategy, we have to really you know, hit this one angle, and then you create good creative that ultimately becomes really effective. And it's, yes. and it's often kind of, I think, something that I even have to educate on. It's like, no, we can't just create this video campaign because it's cool and eye-catching, like, that's all great, but it has to have a strategic approach so that it fits into, you know, your whole marketing model. So it's interesting how it can seem siloed, but ultimately it creates 
more creative content and also content that's going to be really effective. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it does. And I'm so glad you said it that way, because it doesn't mean that you're not creative. It just gives you um, a framework yeah. to put the creative in, which I, I always think it's kind of like writing a haiku. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I love having that structure because it actually makes me more creative in, in what I'm expressing because right. I've got those parameters. And to any creative boundaries ultimately create more creativity if you know if you have no boundaries or no limitations i work bet i dislike the sandbox of yeah like makes you know write exactly. something good like whoa that's a big <laughs> that's a heavy assignment write something good yeah. that has to fit within this word count and is really going to pique the interest of these particular people like that yeah. those are some guardrails that let my creativity like as long as i i can focus my energy towards something I find it to be less intimidating as a, a professional creative because totally do something cool is such a vague statement that I'm like, I can't, I can't work with that. I can't, I can't give you what you need with that. So mm -hmm. yeah, I appreciate it as a creative. I see it less as rules and more as support. So I like that idea of kind of supporting the strategy makes the creative better, as you said, by focusing energy and, and it's also just more efficient. You know, we're busy and, oh, yeah. and getting busier. So um, this kind of broad exploratory phase that maybe might have had the luxury in past times, I think, is also shrinking, which makes the work tighter, in my mm. opinion, which is ultimately what we're always trying to do. Yeah. yeah. Why yeah. do you think that stigma has come about, like that strategy has lived on its own island? I, I, want, I wonder, because for me, I'm, it makes so much sense. It informs everything. It's the basis of, like, why we're even doing an event or anything. But I'm curious, do you have any insight to, like, where they've become like these siloed islands? Um, you know, I, th I think one area is um, because we, we forget sometimes, I say we as an, you know, as an agency business, we're in the communications business, mm. you know? And so here at Kramer, um, we help with our clients, communication strategy, how they're going to market. Um, we're not working on their business strategy. And I think often um, strategists have come up from the, from the business side of mm. it, uh, of marketing as opposed to the marketing communications. And that's where that, that divide comes because the strategists are not creative people. Right. Um, here, the strategists are creative people mm. because they understand um, how to get to the core of what our clients need to do to go to market and how that can inform creative. Mm -hmm. You know, I can tell you all about market demographics and points and, and all kinds and of things. If you include kittens, your campaign <laughs> will do 99% better. Exactly. <laughs> but does that make any, any sense at all? Sure. So, um, so the way we've been able to build our team is that we can work with the clients and figure out what is that, um, uh, that emotional core that they need yeah. to go after, emotion, strategy, mm -hmm. you know, but that's, mm -hmm. that's at the end of the day what is um, informing every experience, every campaign. Yeah, and it's, it's almost like the, the, I'm sure it's the five W's, but the old journalism, who, what, where, why, and how. Mm-hmm. Traditionally, or maybe not traditionally, but in, in the journalism world, those are all kind of um, weighted the same way. Who, what, where, why, and how are equally important within that equation. I think what we're talking about now is, is you know, what and why may be more important than how, and it's kind of trying to think about that of where you kind of spend your energy and your time if you can't focus on all five of those terms equally. And I happen to agree, like, 
spend your time up front making sure you understand the who and the what perfectly, and then the how will become easier. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I, but I would say that they are equal, but in in the in the right cadence. Okay. So that, so they are like the how is just as important, but you can't do the how until you have the why and the what. And when we talk about what, it's it's the messaging. Um, and and if you go in that line and you keep the 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 continuity, then you've got an effective product. So at it's the end. more about process. You know, they I'd quit jumping to the how, which I think mm. Yes. Everyone is guilty, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> especially when, you know, if someone's coming and, and, and the final deliverable, what we work on a lot is, is a video. Everyone wants to see the video. Everyone wants to make the video. Everyone wants to get the video to their and boss how they want to make the and video. to their clients. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they want to jump to how the video, what does it look like? And, and to your point, like we will get there. But if we don't spend the time up front, we're either going to be backtracking last minute and right. or we're just going to we're not going to be as impactful as we could be for, mm. for what you want to do. So kind of reminding everyone of we'll get to the fun stuff, but there is some stuff up front that can be equally important if needed. It, it, com completely. And again, this idea of of having it integrated. So having strategy and content integrated, it just shows that we understand what the end product is mm -hmm. going to be. Mm. We know, like, I get it. I get that you're trying to create um, an impactful video at the end, or that we're, we're trying to have uh, an audience experience in a ballroom that, that will resonate. Um, so what the information, the insights, the, everything that goes into giving you that framework is in service of what you're trying to accomplish. Mm. I'm curious, so I've made up a term when it comes to strategy. I don't think this is a real one, but <laughs> here I go. <laughs> Where I talk about sustainable content, because I think often, and I think this is maybe my background of just working in campaign structure, so everything builds upon itself, mm -hmm. but I feel like clients can often come and be like, I want to create this one siloed epic thing. And I'm like, let's, let's build back here, because if you want to create one thing, we could create sustainable content that has a lot of strategy, and often when I call Angel, <laughs> where you can create one thing, but then ultimately divide it and make, you know, 15 other things, or use that one idea to shoot something and create a bunch of different things and create the sustainable content. And I think that's also the beauty, the beauty of virtual. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and now, like, content is living on, and it's not just one event, right? It's on demand now, and we see it, and it's like you can experience it over and over again. But I'm curious from your perspective, like going from in-person, virtual, not hybrid, you know, now and then whatever the future holds, um, how have you seen strategy and content change because of the virtual landscape? Such a good question because we've been living this for, mm -hmm. for obviously for the last year and a half. Um, I think it's a, um, an awakening to, to the value of, of the content, literally the value, so that if you're going to create an asset, why wouldn't you want to get more use out of it mm -hmm. after, sustainable an, after an, <laughs> sustainable content? I love that. <laughs> um, still that. And, and it's clicked. Um, I, I don't know why we needed a pandemic <laughs> to make us realize that. that. That having a video that gets watched more than once may have some value since mm -hmm. you're paying the same amount of money for it. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. I don't know if it was worth the price we paid, but we're here. Yeah. But, uh, but as you say, it's, um, it's really shown everyone that, wow, you're already creating this content that is built for online viewing. So keep it, 
going mm. and you're putting in this effort effort with a little uh, uh, strategy at the beginning, you can see how it could be used in more of a campaign mm -hmm. format uh, following the video, and, I mean, following the event. And to your point that the value of having somebody like Elise, who is a content creator in a visual medium, but with informed by strategies, just thinking about it, is already leaps and bounds of where you'd be if she just started the video and had to retroactively include something. Like, so. Ah, now we gotta incorporate this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a means to start, not to backtrack onto. Right, right. I just, I love the idea of having that kind of thinking at the table at the very beginning, either if it's from you or you working with somebody on Angel and Mai's team to, to do it. I think it's, a, it's just a much more informed approach that saves you the dust ups later, which is like I said, what we're looking to do. I think my, yeah. other, my other question is, so I feel like a lot of clients come to us and sometimes they don't have time for that strategic phase. You know, it's mm -hmm. a little bit mm. down and dirty. We need to make this campaign or, you know, we need to do whatever, which is, our industry as well, it happens all the time. Sometimes you don't have that runway. Right. But what would your advice be to clients or people that like need to incorporate a strategic approach but maybe don't have as much time to like really, you know, create it beforehand? What what are some tools that you would suggest? Um, that there there are internal resources you can tap into mm -hmm. and it doesn't take long. So yes. If you're going to do a major global campaign, should you be doing research with your, your audience? Should you be doing A-B testing, et cetera, et cetera? Of course you should do that because that's the right way. If you don't have time, tap into your salespeople and mm. just say, okay, we're trying to reach these customers quick. Give, you know, give me some of your impressions on, on what's going on. You know, talk to your marketers, talk to um, your, your writers and your designers. Just say, you know, what are you seeing in the market with, it, with our customers? Doesn't take a long time, but getting perspective, that's what strategy is, right? Mm -hmm. It's perspective. Mm -hmm. And as much as you can get, um, will only make the work better. And what a great way to build camaraderie in your own organization. Yeah. Like, too often, we maybe not, not don't value people is not the right word, but just that idea of somebody sending you an email or coming by your desk and saying, I'd love to pick your brain about mm. this. Like, that just kind of makes you feel good, it makes the work better, and it kind of just pushes everything in the right direction. You know, you're... you're and everyone has such a unique perspective. Yeah. Of yeah. what's going on. Everyone taps into different parts of the market, different parts of their perception. Yeah. So it also makes, makes for like a more wholesome strategy as well. Right. Huge right. return on investment for a very l l small effort on, on the client side. Yeah. I think exactly. that's great advice. Great advice. Well, that's about all the time we have because right. strategy has taught me time is money and we have to keep <laughs> things tight. And I think we've... A strategic time. I think we've gone through the who, the what, the where, the why, and the how yeah. perfectly. And I want to end on a good note. So, Angel, thank you so much for yes, joining thank us. Thank you for having me. And offering me. us your insight and perspectives. And thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Pivot Points. <laughs>